0: seriously, you have a great leader in the Mid-Atlantic and uh, we love the Mid-Atlantic and uh, Susan and I know uh, your previous pastor Pastor Brent and Lori Allen and we think they're fantastic people and they're doing a great job in the Northeast they really are, yeah and I think it's really cool that the Mid-Atlantic is now sending missionaries to the Northeast you know, from your church even to do the work that great great things are happening in the northeast under their leadership. Well, it is a privilege for us to be here. I want to just uh, brag for a moment. We have uh, on the screen our children. Susan and I have three children. Uh, on the left is Eric. He's 25 and single. Um, Shane is uh, 20, and uh, on the right is our daughter Bethany. She's 27. She is married. And they just gave us our first grandbaby four months ago. And so (laughs) her name is Salome. And uh, makes grandma very, very happy. So that, in brief, is our family. We feel very, very blessed. Uh, I'm here this morning to... um, By the way, I just need to say I'm really excited to see those 20 churches planted in the Mid-Atlantic. We we love what God is doing in this district. And uh, through your churches... And it's going to be exciting to see those planted. And as you continue to focus on reaching those people around you and those in your own districts that so desperately need Jesus, uh, I'm here this morning to also help us to look at, maybe I'll say the remotest parts of the earth. We believe and converge that individuals and churches that are engaged in their Jerusalems, Judeas, Samarias, and the remotest parts of the earth are the churches and individuals that God uh, works in and through in extraordinary ways. Uh, We believe that God really uh, intends for us to be engaged in those four dimensions, as he said first to his uh, personal disciples. And so um, I'm here to bring some awareness to that remotest part of the earth, uh, uh, missions around the world, And uh, I'd like us to just have a quick prayer and ask for God to teach us this morning. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for um, this congregation and for the work you are doing here. I thank you for the work that you continue to do in each of our individual lives. And this morning we want to just set everything aside and sit at your feet and uh, may your Holy Spirit be our teacher today. May your word come alive and grip our hearts and move us to action, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, If you have a Bible, you can turn to Psalm 67. Psalm 67 is probably not often thought of as a mission text, but I love it because it reveals the heart and passion of God way back in Old Testament times when we think God only cared about the Israelite people. The fact of the matter is God chose Abram and the Israelite people in order that they might be a blessing to the entire world, all the people groups of all the world. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 14, that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, literally all the ethnic groups, and then the end shall come. One person has said, we find ourselves talking about the second coming, half of the world still hasn't heard about the first. So we're going to think about that just a little bit this morning as we look at Psalm um, 67. God be gracious to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, that thy way may be known on the earth, thy salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou wilt judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. As we read this text, you cannot help but see a very obvious theme, and that is the blessing of God, correct? I mean, how many times does it say that in there? In almost every verse, we see uh, even numerous times about God blessing us. Now, how many of you like to be blessed by God? Yeah, okay. If you don't have your hand up, you're lying. Okay. Yeah, we love to be blessed by God, don't we? And uh, that's what I want us to think about first. This is our position in Christ, our position in uh, being God's children. We are blessed by God, and here's the good news. He loves to bless us. As uh, any of us in this uh, room who are parents know so well, uh, we love to bless our children. There is something in us that just wants to bless our children Um, and it brings us great joy to do that. And our Heavenly Father is no different. He loves to bless us. So don't think that God is standing up there saying, well, let's see if you really deserve to be blessed. He is our Father, and He loves to pour His blessing on us. And I find it interesting that the psalmist is asking for God's blessing. Bless us, O God, and cause His face to shine upon us. So it's okay to ask for God's blessing. Susan and I feel very blessed. We live in Orlando, Florida. By the way, we love your fall colors here. Uh, It is gorgeous. Is this like peak weekend? This is fabulous, so we love it. Colors everywhere. You know, in Florida, we just have green. We have green all year. We have green in January and February even. It's green. We have green grass, green palm trees, green pomegranates, green magnolia trees, green ferns and lots of sunshine, you know. Uh, We actually lived in Minnesota most of our lives until about three years ago we moved to Orlando to take on this role. And I remember one particular morning in January, I got up in the morning, stepped outside. It was 72 degrees already at 9 in the morning in January. And as I have virtually every morning we've lived in Florida, I said, God, God thank you for moving us to Florida because Minnesota was not that way in January (laughs) as it is not in Canfield, Ohio. But uh, I pulled out my iPhone that morning and I thought, let's see what it's like back in Minneapolis, Minnesota where we had previously lived. And I looked and that morning it was uh, 15 degrees below zero with a 35 mile an hour wind and it was snowing. And I said again, God, thank you. Thank you for bringing us to Florida. We feel so blessed to be there. And we feel so blessed. All of our children uh, love the Lord and are walking with him. I mean, tremendous. And we could go on and on and on. God blesses us, and he loves to bless us. And uh, it's okay for us to ask him to bless us. Here's what happens, though, so often, I think, for us who are lavishly blessed. We can live in a bubble of blessing and we like living in this bubble of blessing. We begin to think that God blesses us just because we're so wonderful or because we're so good. And we think that uh, we can just keep all of these blessings for ourselves. So we begin to live in this bubble of blessing and we sometimes don't always want to know what's going on around us. We don't Uh, always want to get involved with the hurting people around us because that might mess up our bubble a little bit. We might not want to be aware of what's happening in the world or what responsibilities we need to step into because we really like to live in a bubble of blessing. I'm I'm speaking from personal experience. So, uh, one of the wonderful things uh, about what Susan and I do is we get reminded so often of how richly we are blessed. Um, About two months ago, I was in a very remote region in northern India, about two hours' drive north of Delhi, where we've been planting some churches among unreached people groups there. It's in a little uh, city called Rotak. And one of the churches that we helped plant reached out to this slum and planted a church in this slum. Here are some of the families there. Uh, they're very dirty. They, they, most of them have one set of clothes, and that might not, not even be a full set of clothes. They're very dirty because they have no water to even wash. And so uh, the children captured my heart, that little girl in the middle, in the, in the red. It was the sweetest little thing. I just wanted to take her home. And they were so grateful, having absolutely nothing. I'm, I'm telling you, nothing. They don't even have a school. They have nothing. And uh, the, the joy in them that someone would come and see them was a little overwhelming. And then here you can see what their homes are like. You'll see uh, their homes are made of branches and sticks covered with cardboard or plastic or canvas or anything they can find to get out of the sun and, and out of the rain. But what I'm standing by actually is the little church that has been planted in that slum. One of the churches we planted reached out to this slum. And what you cannot see in that picture is the podium in that little worship center. It says, the kingdom of heaven. And when I read that, I was, I was, uh, I was just so overcome. And I was reminded that no matter what the cir- circumstances may be uh, of those people that we reach out to, when Jesus comes... The kingdom of heaven comes. And everything changes for these people, even though their outer circumstances stay the same, everything changes for these people because the kingdom of heaven is there too. And in Converge, uh, Converge Churches, Converge Mid-Atlantic, Converge uh, across the U.S. has an opportunity to step into these kinds of situations and bring Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, to people who have so much less and who have never heard the name of Jesus before. We get to do that, and we are doing that in, um, in some huge ways, which I will continue to share with you. So we have this blessing, and we tend to live in a bubble. It's good to have our bubble burst. Jesus, Jesus said in Luke 12, 48, When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. I'm guessing you probably know that even the poorest of the poor in the United States are more wealthy than 95% of all the rest of the population in the world. And so when the Scripture talks about those who have been given much and those who are wealthy... Uh, virtually every American is in that category. And I just say that because sometimes we aren't quite as aware as we should be of how much God has blessed us and what what is a part of being blessed like that. So here we go. This is our position. We have been greatly blessed by God, and God loves to bless you. So we have been blessed, and let's look at verse 2. Uh, We've been blessed that thy way may be known on the earth, thy salvation among all the nations. And we could say, so that, because that's the intention of that first word, so that thy way may be known. Here's the deal. Here's our position. We have been blessed to be a blessing. We have a responsibility also with this blessing, and that is to bless God others. That's God's plan. So there's a purpose to God's blessing beyond ourselves. We get to be a blessing to others, which in kind of a weird way is the greatest blessing of all. When you get blessed and keep it, uh, that, that being a dead end in the blessing is not near as fun as blessing others. And G- God's intention is that we're blessed so that we bless others. It says, Uh, that thy way may be known in the whole earth. It'd be very easy to look over that little phrase, thy way. But what does that mean? What is God's way? Of all the religions in all the world, thousands of them, there is only one belief system that does not require us to earn a right standing with a God or gods. All around the world, people are trying to do things to gain a a right standing with their deities. But Christianity is the only belief system in the whole world that says you can't earn a right standing with your God, but you can receive forgiveness and a right standing with God by grace. It is a gift that is given to you, And so we receive that gift, and then God does his work on the inside of us, changing us from the inside out. So he changes us on the inside, and it eventually results in changed actions and lives and attitudes. And so often, even what we Christians tend to do sometimes is try to change our attitudes and our actions and hope somehow the inside changes. You can't change your inside. Only God can change the real you. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. But only Christianity teaches that. And I'm telling you, the world is hungry for grace. The world all around is tired of performing to uh, appease their deities. We have the way. And God has prepared ripe fields, white fields unto harvest, as Jesus talked about it, And he said, pray then that the Lord of the harvest will send workers into his harvest. And there is this, these ripe fields in different places in the world that God has prepared. And when we go in and we bring the gospel and we plant little churches, thousands of people, I'm not exaggerating, thousands of people are coming to faith in Jesus. They are ready and hungry. <coughs> God has blessed us. That we would be a blessing, that his way may be known in the, in the whole world, his, salva- his salvation among all the nations of the world, all the people groups of the world. My favorite definition of evangelism is uh, that evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. I love that because it just puts it on our terms. We have found the bread of life. And we get to go tell others uh, about this bread of life too. You know, this truth should grip us and impassion us for the cause of God when we are truly overwhelmed by what God has done and is doing in our lives each day. It should move us and motivate us to be a part of his, his work in our world. And this happened. This has happened in Nigeria. Your missionaries, by the way, thank you for all the ways that you support our Converge Missionaries and Converge International Ministries. You're one of our very top Converge supporting churches, and you're making a difference. I hope you'll know that for sure by the time we're done this morning. One of your missionaries, Art and Dorothy Helwig. Uh, went to Nigeria 10 years ago and started a ministry for those suffering from HIV-AIDS. I can't even tell you what has happened uh, in that ministry. Only God, through the work of two very committed, sacrificial, sold-out people, could have done this because it is humanly unexplainable. They, they, uh, they minister to thirty to 40,000 Nigerians every year uh, for treatment. Uh, 90% of those are presented with the gospel one-on-one. They right now have 16,000 orphans in foster parent homes. Uh, Now, I could go on and on about their ministry. It's incredible. By the way, we have a new couple that have just gone there, Dan and Tina Gibbs, to start taking over as Art and Dorothy move out of that. They're going to be a big win. I encourage you to support Dan and Tina Gibbs as they go out there because it's still a huge ministry. But one of the things that's happened over the 10 years is Art and Dorothy have built such trust among different people groups around. One of those people groups is the Nadola people, an underreach people group, very primitive, very removed. It takes uh, a whole day on an all-terrain vehicle to find this people group. They, uh, along with crew, brought the Jesus film out there to just... Share the gospel message with them, and a, the Holy Spirit ignited a spark. In the last two years, 60 churches have been planted among the Nadola people. Thousands of baptisms have occurred. There's a picture of a few of those. Thousands of baptisms, and there are now 60 Nadola men in training to keep on this plant a church planting movement. Why is this happening? Because these Nigerians, these Nadola people, understand how amazing God's grace is, that it is the way, the truth, and the life, and that they are contagious and can't contain it. And that's God's design really for all of us, that we all continue to be deeply engaged in what he is doing in the world. This gratitude should grip us and move us. So our position is that we're blessed. God's plan is that we be a blessing and we're motivated to do that. Here is the third uh, point I want to make. Look at verse 3. It says, Let the peoples praise Thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise Thee. Now, in the original language, the Hebrew, that word peoples most accurately could be translated people groups. Let the people groups praise you, O God. Let all the people groups praise you. And what this does is it reveals God's heart for every ethnic group, every people group in the world. And as I stated already, there are some 6,000 people groups who still do not have uh, any knowledge of Jesus Christ, 6,000 unreached people groups, and God's heart is for every one of those, Everyone. Now, here's one of the really cool things that's happening through, through Converge International Ministries right now. Just in the last 15 months, we have engaged with 50 new unreached people groups from within Pakistan, northern India, up into Nepal and Bhutan, And uh, now, in partnership with Calvary in the Mid-Atlantic, we're going to be planting some 300 churches this next year in Myanmar, another unreached people group. And uh, God is doing amazing things. Just in 2014, we have helped start some 2,000 churches in those regions, the most concentrated areas of unreached people groups in the world. And uh, this is God's pleasure God's pleasure to see all the people groups praise him. There are some very dark places in the world too, like Rio de Janeiro. In Rio de Janeiro, there is a part of the city called Crackland. It's called that because 90% of all the people that live there are hooked on crack cocaine. And so they call it Crackland. Well, uh, in partnership with one of our missionaries, uh, a ministry was started in the heart of Crackland called Christland. And Christland was uh, a ministry that was started to just uh, share the love of Jesus, to give the people dignity that live in this place, and to help free them from crack and and give them new life in Christ. And uh, when uh, we were there some time ago, Susan and our current president, Dr. Jerry Shevlin, were cutting hair, just ministering to them. Some others of us were helping them get showers and fresh clothes. Uh, They were presented with the gospel when we were there. And uh, it was just an amazing thing. One of the men we met was Eduardo. Eduardo is a PK, a pastor's kid. And he had been hooked on crack cocaine for 27 years. And he tried so many ways to find freedom from that and to find purpose in his life. And when he came to Christland, they started loving on him and caring for him. And for the first time, even as a PK, he understood who God really was, and gave his life to Jesus Christ. And the re- revolution, the transformation that happened in his life was incredible. He was just oozing and bubbling over with thanks and gratitude. And what's, what's really cool is that he not only is freed from crack, they have discipled him, and now he is helping to free others from crack through this ministry of Christland in just their first year of ministry they helped free 153 people from crack. They discipled them and re-engaged them in ministry to help others get free from crack in crackland. Isn't that incredible? That's just amazing. Yes. This is God's pleasure, that in the darkest places of our largest cities, the light of Christ would uh, enter these places and bring radical transformation, and this is happening Uh, in so many ways. That's just one example. Or let me tell you real quickly the story in way northeast India uh, in the state of Assam. In the state of Assam there was a people group called the Boros. 100 years ago there were were five Boro believers and missionaries went there to um, bring the gospel. They were headhunters. Not long ago some of us went to uh, India, this was in, in February, to um, help them celebrate their 100th anniversary of being Christians. And there were 50,000 people that gathered on a, in dry rice paddies, and they built this temporary shelter that would hold 30,000 people. And this, it was amazing to experience for a, a few days, and this is only a small fraction of the Boro believers in Northeast India now because... Some churches supported missionaries 100 years ago, and they're probably saying, is this producing anything? In fact, as late as 1960, Converge wondered, BGC then wondered, if, if uh, really we had accomplished much in India, and now we see what God has done. It is amazing. And it's God's dream that peoples like this all around the world who have no knowledge of Christ will come to him in the thousands and praise his name. Let me tell you one more story. And that is, uh, let's kind of go back to the, what, what it was like reaching the boroughs 100 years ago. We're now in Senegal, Africa, working with the Wolof people, our Missionaries, the Mashburns, are living among them and sharing the gospel with them and ministering to their daily needs and helping them and building relationships with them. And they sit down with the imams, the teachers of the Quran, and they open the Bible beside the Quran and they teach. And the imams are getting more and more open. And recently when uh, some of us were there, uh, this man, the chief of a village, and uh, an imam, as we were leaving, whispered, what the missionaries are teaching us is getting into my heart. Soon I will be a new man. And these things are happening so that we believe a handful of people in this people group of 5 million, and there is no Christian church, there are between 30 and 100 believers in this whole people group of 5 million people. Our, our desire is to see a handful of believers raised up in that place that then we can start to implement a, mat- a strategy of multiplication that will infiltrate the entire tribe of Wolof people. It's because people are faithful to go and people are faithful to send. It's God's pleasure that all of these people know Him, that all of these people praise Him. That's God's desire. Look at verse 7 in Psalm 67. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. That's kind of an encapsulation of this whole psalm. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. As I've already said, we are working in so many places in, um, among the unreached people in India. And uh, we are just seeing incredible... Things happened there. This is a church where uh, this church was started, well, now it's probably about a year ago. At the time, it was six months old. There were 75 brand new converts who met with us on a Friday afternoon, and uh, it was pretty amazing. And uh, as we left, God just prompted me to talk to this man. I went over and through the interpreter said, how old are you? And he said, I'm 65. I said, are you a follower of Jesus? He said, yes, I am. I said, how long have you been a follower of Jesus? Four weeks. I said, have you been baptized yet? He said, I was baptized one week ago. And then I said, before this little church came here, did you ever hear of Jesus? And he said, until five weeks ago, I have never heard the name of Jesus in my entire life. These are the kinds of people that uh, through Converge and through partners and through national leaders, we get to... Uh, to reach with this gospel. It is God's desire to the ends, the uttermost parts of the earth. And in Nepal, 40 years ago, there were 600 believers in Nepal. And uh, just a few weeks ago, we saw 1,200 church planters gathered, all committed. Let's go to the next picture. All committed to planting a church in a village that has never had a Christian witness in all of history. God is doing a new thing, and we get to be a part of it. Thank you so much for your faithful participation in the gospel, for your support of Converge International Ministries. I I just want to say thank you for what you're doing in your Jerusalem, and in your Judeas, and in your Samaria's and yes, in the remotest parts of the earth. May God richly bless you as you continue to bless the world. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the incredible ways that you bless us and for the ways that you want us to be a blessing. And Lord, I just thank you for this congregation and pray for your richest blessing to be poured out on this church, that they might continue to be salt and light here, and salt and light in the darkest places all around the world. We are grateful to be a part of what you are doing, and we give you thanks, and we love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. 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 Thank you, Ivan. It brought to mind a verse. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Brought a verse to my mind that Jesus said,